Hello and welcome to the 98th episode of Dentime Podcast. Today's episode is Side Quest, where we'll be talking about romance. You're here with Jeremy and Elisa, and we're here to answer listener questions of those who are having not necessarily relationship issues, but those who have relationship questions and they want our feedback on it. So we asked our community to send us relationship related questions and we got quite a few actually. So this episode will be about us answering these questions and kind of giving our thoughts and opinions, hopefully some advice. Um, And we don't know what the other is going to say. We don't know each other's views and perspectives on relationships. So it's kind of eye opening for the both of us to be talking about this. Yeah. There's a, quite a few questions of different variety i collected all of them and uh we can just read all of them out loud by user i think that would be better all right you want to switch off we'll start with pjs yes you can go first Cool. So, on our Discord, one of the users, PJ Sucks, shout out to you, buddy. Uh, he sent five questions. Well, yeah, uh, I guess some of them were kind of comments. Um, so the first one says, "Who pays on the first date?" Well, oh, by the way, I think for this, for answering the questions, we should also alternate who answers the question first. Okay, perfect. Do you want to go first? Yes. Okay. Man, who pays on the first date? If if you are going on a date with someone and it's somewhere cheap, I think the person who initiated the date should pay for it. So, for example, if you two are only going to a Starbucks or you're going to a cafe and you two buy two coffees and maybe a pastry and that's only ten dollars i think the person who called for the date should pay for it i think if you're at a and then it escalates when you're at a sit down or you're doing something more substantial that becomes over 30 or 40 dollars and in that case i believe in splitting the bill evenly i'm on board with you there but i also think that there are a lot of variables that um depend on who pays um a lot of things like where you go something that you mentioned but also kind of the person that you're going on a date with because usually in i guess american dating culture there's the expectation that the guy will pay and it depends on what that person is feeling or what that person is thinking so if you both don't say anything during the date then i think it's up to the guy to pay. But if there's this preconceived notion that both of you are going to split it, like maybe you guys talk about it beforehand, like, Oh, Hey, um, this is our first date. You know, the guy usually pays, but I was wondering if we can split it, you know, both ways. Then if she's cool with it, then you could say, yeah. Or, um, let's say like you go to an arcade, like a video game, video game arcade for your first date. Like maybe you can both split it because, you know, you're you're maybe you both want to play different games or you want to play the same game, but it costs a certain amount of money. So, yeah, it really depends on, I guess, the location, uh, the type of person uh, and if it was discussed before. Definitely, I agree with it. It should be discussed before so that you're not both awkwardly looking at each other and looking at the check on the table and someone saying, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then know, see right? what happens next. And then you go to the um, waiter and you're like, can you pay for this? And the waiter's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so my personality, I'm a, I'm not necessary. And it's actually one of the question, other questions that we're going to get to. But because I'm pretty independent and because... Independent, actually, independence not the right word. I I appreciate when someone is chivalrous and 
if they want to be chivalrous, that's totally fine. But for me, and this and not every girl thinks this way, but this is this is how I think. If you're going to be chival if you're going to be chivalrous, that's totally fine, but I'm totally okay with you with not being chivalrous. Not everyone will conform to society's ideals and views, so I'm glad someone like you exists, Elisa. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you. And and I'm not I'm not one of those people who's just like, why'd you open the door for me? I can do it myself. It's more of, oh, thank you. And, you know, like I like I appreciate that you opened the door for me. But say like say I'm walking in front of you and not even on purpose, but I'm just walking in front of you. And so if the door is in front of me, I'm going to open it for the both of us just because it's the most convenient thing. Right. Totally. I think what also makes paying on a first date easier is the existence of PayPal and Venmo now. Where you can easily just Venmo someone and then some like someone just puts it on their check and then you can just pay for it. Or usually what I like to do is if if a first date day has a lot of different things on the on the radar, then we'd alternate who pays for what. Like, say there's movies first and then you go out to eat after. So someone pays for the movies and then someone pays for the food. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly that way, too. It's like, I don't know. It depends on your comfortability on the first date. But I mean, this is kind of going off on a tangent. But uh, like, let's say the second date, you could be like, oh, I want to get dinner. But I was wondering if you if you can get dessert. It could be like boba or, yeah, you know, I don't know. It could be anything. But I think... I'm not trying to say that there should be equality in every couple. I'm just trying to say there should be less of an expectation that one person has to keep paying for food all the time. Oh, I agree. Um, because I think that's expensive. unrealistic. Yeah, no, totally. Like, okay, in Asia, it's definitely expected that the guy pays for dinner, like, all the time. But not everyone's made of money you know yeah and exactly especially in the city in san francisco like holy shit is food so expensive downtown that's like why would you why would you expect that from someone to pay all the time for such expensive meals i'm not saying every no. every meal is expensive i'm just saying the tax makes everything expensive in san francisco mm-hmm. but yeah i i don't agree with the with the preconceived notion that the man should pay all the time but i am a firm believer that uh, it should be broken and that there should be kind of an established thing where both both uh people in the party are okay with paying for one paying for dinner one paying for dessert or like you said one paying for a movie and then one paying for popcorn and drinks mm-hmm. a lot of my friends when i talk to them sometimes they'll say I don't think he liked me because we split the check. And I I don't think like that because half the time I'm willing to split the check. Yeah. What if he's like on a budget? Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with being on a budget. You yeah, should like exactly. that. You should like that person not because they could pay for your meal, but because of who they are and who they were during that meal. And to to live in a world where just because he didn't split the check means that he didn't like you. Um, I think says a lot about yourself. <laughs> yeah. So number two, what is the correct way to approach your boyfriend or girlfriend when they smell bad? <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I think okay. As like the first one, I think there are a couple factors that determine your answer to this, depending on how long you've been dating or how comfortable you are. Talk, discussing those kinds of things because of course there's going to be a point where you're going to just start farting a lot in front of your girlfriend or boyfriend and it's going to be okay and of course they're going to be like what's that smell so for me there's two ways to approach it if you're first starting to date you know in the beginning stages you could be like oh hey something smells kind of weird do you smell that and they'll be like no or they'll say like yeah what is it and you could be like well it's kind of coming from a specific area and then you you just like start smelling them first and they're like oh wow like you kind of 
it might be coming from you. It kind of smells weird. And then we'd be like, oh, no. They might say, like, oh, no. Like, something. They might make an excuse or something. You'd be like, oh, no, it's okay. But if you're like me and you've been in a relationship for a little while, they could be like, damn, what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> that smells so bad. And then your partner will be like, I don't know. Maybe it was you. Maybe you farted. And then you could just say, nah, it's coming from you. It's definitely you. And they might get mad at you or they might play along and be like, like, ah, it's it's all good. Like, I, I just need to go take a dump or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my relationship is not a really good example. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> so I've never dealt with a situation where um, a significant other smelled bad. But I'm uh, just to be straight up honest, I've seen people that I was physically attracted to and then as I got closer to them, they they had a weird B.O. smell and I was immediately turned off. So in any I feel like in any of my relationships, I would not want um, someone to have bad B.O. because I would just be immediate like that was an immediate turn off for me, like from just physically see like from first initial attraction and and you know like meeting them for the first time and then realizing oh um i think i'll pass on that yeah because you could look uh, good you could look like a, a model and smell yeah like exactly shit. yeah exactly i think that man so it's a tricky situation where you want to tell them the truth and you want them to know it but you and obviously you have to say it in such a way where it's not offensive but it is going to be offensive it's like it's like the lose lose situation i feel like with this question it's going yeah. to it's going to sound bad no matter what exactly but, but you kind of you kind of just have to go with it i'd say have you like you know do you use deodorant like like suggest doing something that will improve the situation. I think that it's different if you've just met the person, but I think that if you've been dating this person for a while, which means that you clearly like them, then you have to address it head on. Yeah. But also, can I as just a little side note, a lot of people don't use deodorant, which is sho- which is shocking for me. Because I feel like one swipe can solve a lot of problems. Yeah, but and it's and it it's like surprising when I find out that people like not necessarily they don't use deodorant, but they don't take showers consistently. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Because yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that doesn't use deodorant, and when I get all sweaty from working out. Or I from like doing a really strenuous exercise, I actually don't have any smell for whatever reason. Oh, it's like for me, it, for me, it's more like some people they don't, um, they like their whatever is in their hygiene, they they don't follow something and they don't realize that they smell bad. Yeah, no, I've met those kind of people before, and yeah. I don't have the heart to tell them that like they smell like shit, but I want to. But at the same time, I'm like, someone has, someone else should tell you this because it's, you have to realize that, you know, at the, in the end. I think that one of those people should be a significant other. I think that if someone was to tell you that you smelled bad, it would be a best friend, a family member, or your significant other. So I would must, so I would personally muster up the strength to like, let them know that, hey, you know, um, like if you know maybe try this soap or try this body wash or you know try this deodorant and oh, hey. it will improve everything greatly or or tell them hey why don't you take a shower every day yeah <laughs> if you don't already and a lot of people do skip showers every day yeah yeah and so. i know some people that do that i'm like why why do you do that they'll be like yeah. steve jobs <laughs> but yeah cool Awesome. 
These are hard questions. What the hell? Uh, they're good. They're really good. I read I read these questions beforehand, and I was thinking, oh, I, I know the answer to these. And then as I'm answering them, I feel like, wow, I really don't know relationships. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Because <laughs> my, my, again, the way that I view a relationship like years into it is like, for example, for the second question, I'm like, what the fuck is that? smell it smells hella bad and then they're gonna be like yo it's not me and then i'm like yo did you just fart like like, holy (laughs) shit you know so i'm not it really depends on the relationship again yeah like to my first point it really depends on how comfortable you are talking to that person about these kinds of things because maybe two or three years into into the relationship you're not comfortable talking about smell or farting in front of that person but it really depends and Mm -hmm. You probably haven't. You probably already figured out. I fart a lot in front of my girlfriend, so it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't care. Well, I mean, she cares, but um, she does it too. So it goes both ways. All right. Question number three: Do you believe in horoscopes? Now, this is a this is one of those horoscope is so interesting, and zodiac is so interesting. It's th- it's something that you read in magazines and there's always something that will be relevant to you because there is a way to word things that will be fitting to any type of personality. So for, so no matter what, something will resonate with the person reading it. The interest the the coincidental thing in my life is based off of my zodiac and which is your zodiac to the Aquarius. Every single person that I have ever dated, not just in not just for a long-term relationship but been on a date with, has been a compatible horoscope. It's not something I'm purposefully seeking out. It just so happens that their birthday aligns with being an Aries or a Sagittarius. Hmm. Which is which is like crazy to me. So, is there some truth to horoscope? Is it is it more than a coincidence? Hey, you know, it very well might be because the world works in mysterious ways. And to be honest, it kind of like to put some like crazy science into it. The time and day you were born, like the moon was a certain position and therefore affecting gravity. And every person has water in their body because their body is like 70 percent water. So it kind of like oddly enough like I see all the Virgos in my life and I'm like you know they do some of them do kind of share a distinct personality or I see the Aries in my life and wow they they all you know like there is sort of a distinct personality and to be honest Jeremy I think that Aquarius people have a distinct personality as well okay yeah, yeah. so Horoscope is one of those things where it really, it very well could be bullshit, but for sometimes the coincidences are just like, that is too much of coincidence, but I don't know. Good good example is for me, I honestly don't care about those kinds of things because it really doesn't really, it doesn't bring any value to my life, I feel like. Although a while ago when I was in high school, I did look these up a lot. I would like go to Yahoo and look it up every day. And be like, what's my horoscope of the day? And it would send you like a random message on Yahoo. And I'm like, wow, that's going to happen to me today. And it never did. I'm like, wow, this sucks. Uh, so there was a small part of my life where I kind of cared about it. Um, but to a certain extent. And now I honestly just don't care. I don't really look into it. Um, I, don't, I don't even know what my girlfriend's horoscope is. I didn't I didn't look into it. That's how what much month I, is she? March. End of March. 27. She's an Aries, so you're compatible with her. What the fuck? Dude, I'm telling uh, you, like, this is, like, I'm, f- this is, I'm fucking telling you. It's, like, one of those things where you're, like, this, th- I don't know how I feel about this. And then you actually look up the birthdays of the compatibilities and you're, like, oh, that's odd. What the <laughs> it hell? It actually matches. Oh, see, my that- God. Yeah, you see, that's, that's what I mean by, like, what a crazy coincidence uh, the world is. So. Wow. Wow. Well. 
I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Alisa, yeah. you, you answered you answered a question I was going to ask you. It was like, what's my girlfriend's horoscope? And then I remember you said Aries <laughs> and what was it? Like Sagittarius or most Basically, compatible? So an Aries is someone who's mid-March to mid-April. And then someone who's a Sagittarius, I want to say, is mid-November to mid-December. Wow. How interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's comp- and every oh, single wow. person I've dated has fallen into that category way before I found out what their birthday was. That the world works in mysterious ways. Exactly. Gotta love, gotta love space. Gotta love the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I look at night. I just go outside. I look up at the stars and say, where's my compatible horoscope? <laughs> and the stars say, Fuck off. <laughs> hey. Um, no, but um, so our friend of the show, Donovan, is also an Aquarius. And I guess birds of a feather flock. Birds of what is it? Birds of the same feather flock together. Bird, yeah, something like that. Some, something like that. And yeah, I mean, we all went through work at the time and became friends. And we all found out that we were the same Aquarius sign. And that's kind of one of the things that uh, held us together and still kind of does. Is like, hey, we're Aquarius babies. But I know. For, for maybe for you that might mean a little bit something more, Elisa. But for me, I'm just like, yeah, we were born in the same month. <laughs> I say for me, it's like February water babies. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I think yep. that's really cool that the three of us do share that. Yeah. And we all have unique personalities. To your oh, other, definitely. To your other point. Yes, definitely. Question number four from PJ. All right. What is the perfect balance of dependence and independence? And I'm assuming this is talking about the two entities of a relationship being independent and then them depending on each other. However you want to. And then you can answer it however you want. Great, great questions. Um, You know, being away from someone for a while definitely makes you think about uh, what it means to be dependent and independent. All of last year, I'd say most of last year, my girlfriend was away in China for uh, that whole year. And, you know, there was before that we were together for around like eight, nine months in San Francisco. And then she went away and, and now she's back for this year. But, you know, I really learned how to be independent from that person. Like we, we would set schedules and we would Skype with each other and uh, all things like that. But then, you know, there were some times when we couldn't do it because she was busy or, you know, the time difference was just too much. Um, so I learned how to, well, I mean, I before her, I, I pretty much was an independent person. But with her, I had to relearn how to have someone in my life and balance that with, wanting some me time basically just time by myself and learning how to relax like that so for me independence is a lot about doing the things that you want to do but also having that balance of like oh my significant other my partner wants to hang out um let me make a calendar event for this and like kind of share that event with her uh my girlfriend and I, we share a Google calendar together where we can see what each other's doing. Uh, if they're doing something together, we'll make it a certain color. Um, if I say, Hey, I have to record my podcast tonight. I'll like, I'll let her know. And then I'll say, this is when I'm recording it. And she'll be like, okay, cool. So she kind of gives me my space when I want to do the things that I want to do. And when there's things that she wants to do, I do my best to respect that. But there are times when things conflict and I'm like, well, we already planned this. Is there a way that you can either push the time for the thing that you want to do? If it's like something school related, then of course you can't push that. Or if it's like, I don't know, something on her schedule that kind of conflicts with something that we made together, then we, we do our best to visualize that through our, our shared Google calendar. Um, but if, again, if a conflict does arise, then we kind of work our way through it. And then I, or her will kind of make our own plans based around that. Um, there, I think in a relationship, depending on what you establish in the beginning and kind of the person that you are and the kind of, kind of the person that your partner is, 
depends on how much dependence they have on you and you should determine how much dependence you have on that person. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, you shouldn't always rely on that person when something comes up, but knowing that they're there does help. But I feel like a hundred percent reliance on someone isn't always a good thing. And you should know when to gauge that. Um, it also goes for like, uh, not just the little things such as like helping to translate something or, um, asking for advice on something, but, um, let's say you're in a foreign country where your partner speaks a certain language that only like they know how to speak and they could speak it well and you're kind of lost. Then I think there's, there's some dependence there. Um, but you should also have some independent thoughts where you can kind of think of some ways to help your significant other in that situation. Like, is there something that you could do that you can bolster them? Or is there something that you, maybe you could just, you know, maybe there's nothing you could do, but, but that's that. Um, in a situation like that where you're kind of lost and you don't know what to do and you have to rely on your partner to, like, do everything for you, then, yes, there is dependence there. Um, but I think, as with all relationships, there's, like, ebbs and flows, and it really depends on what you decide uh, what your dependence or independence should be. Um, yeah. I If I think of something else... I'll let you go first. Or I mean, I'll let you go now so that if there's something else that I think of after that, I'll add on to it. I have a pretty interesting track record. And I think growing up, I has I have always been a very independent person. And that's just the type of person that my parents raised me to be. And therefore, even if I'm not in a group setting or a hangout setting, I can thrive. And... I became so independent that there are times where I can pretty much handle not talking to a significant other for a while um, that I didn't realize that it was affecting my relationships, especially when I was going through high school and in college, because there were a lot of points where because I was so, I was a high functioning independent, like some, like I could basically thrive just doing like, you know, studying or doing homework or going to work. And I like, I wouldn't necessarily mind that because in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm doing my own thing. And what I didn't realize in those situations is I wasn't actually texting the other person or just being like, hey, like, how's your day going? Or or even just giving them a text like, man, I've been like working on homework for hours and it's tough. It w I would just straight up work on homework and I would forget to text my boyfriend. And it ended quite a few relationships and in college. And it took a while for me to realize that not like not necessarily like I needed to be dependent on that person but they're like I was being too independent when that's not what the other person wanted and when I started to get a hold of that in my next relationships I started really working on perfecting this balance of me time and them time and I think also it it also it collided with a lot of stuff in college because i had to um i had to stay in college for a fifth year which kind of affected when i when i realized that it affected a lot of what i was thinking because like oh i'm not going back home immediately i'm actually in college for a lot longer and at first i thought that meant oh shit i guess like i I have to like keep working so I can finally graduate and think of a career, you know, do do that whole thing. And what was missing in these relationships was oh, like the the like um just the simple like acknowledgement. So that's something that I've been working on 
my entire life. I agree with all that. I I do find myself being pretty independent sometimes, and I think that's just how I am as a person. That's my nature. My parents kind of raised me to be a leader in a sense. So being a leader means that you need to do things by yourself and learn how to do it by yourself and do it well. And I've been so independent that sometimes I worry and I'm, I'm really conscious of it now where like I might be caught up doing something and I forget to text my girlfriend or maybe like it's been sitting there. It's been read on her end, but I never responded. I'm like, shit, like I need to I need to stay on top of this and not seem like I'm like an I'm a douchebag or an idiot for not responding. Yeah, I'm much more conscious of that now than I was when I was like 20 years old. Yeah, it, it just bothers me that I'm like this and I want to improve myself. Um, so I'm doing everything I can right now to just be like, Hey, I, I'm not always like this, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. I agree. All right. The last question from PJ is fill in the blank, blank and chill. Huh? Um, I'm going to say, huh, (laughs) get back to me. You could go. All right. Um, I'm going to go with cooking and chill. Hmm. I'm going to go with Mario Kart and chill. Mario Kart and chill. Yeah. That's a solid answer. Yeah, I that's like become a thing with my girlfriend and I where we're like, hey, it's Saturday night. What do you want to do? We don't, we don't have really any plans. Do you want to do you want to drink alcohol and play Mario Kart? And we're like, that's drunk driving, but sounds so much fun. <laughs> and we do it. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. I'm a huge fan of cooking, so I just think it's it's a nice precedent for a date and everything yeah. else after. Yeah, totally. I I don't deny that that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like to cook? Yeah, pretty much. And chill. <laughs> and chill. And chill. The next questions are from Hooded Romantic Dude. Hooded and Romantic Dude. Yes, and you can read the first one. Yeah. Hood Romantic Dude, thank you for sending your question. Dear Abby, so last year I broke up with my longtime girlfriend, got back into dating for the first time in six years. Worked out surprisingly well. Apparently, I still got some of that half Brazilian charm. JK. Thing is, when I was lo- when I wasn't looking for a relationship and not trying at all, some girls tried to get serious. Now that I'm looking for something more than hookups, it doesn't work out. So, what's the secret, you relationship gurus? Hooded romantic dude. This was, you know, I don't know if you're making this up. It could be about your friend or it could be about you, but damn, that was really good. I just have to say that. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty loaded question. It is. Holy shit. It is. Now, all right. So, let me try to attack this and let me also set a precedent that uh, my first relationship was a really long relationship. Because it was a relationship from high school. And that didn't work out for me. And it was a weird... It was just... It was weird for a little bit after that relationship ended. And then I started dating again. This per... Okay. So, to answer your question, man, like, sometimes timing just really sucks. And... Like it's it's really a situation where you have to go with the flow, cause think cause you sometimes it just works out that way where you're looking for something, and you're and you don't meet that person that you're looking for. Now, I'm going to tell you my secret, which I think, like, I don't even necessarily think it's that great, but. They all like my best relationships um, have come because I was just chilling and I and I ended up falling for a friend. So 
I would I like I would say, you know, sometimes what you're looking for is to not look for anything in particular. And you'd be surprised by the results of that. Yeah, I I'm definitely someone that believes in that wholeheartedly because it happened to me. I met my girlfriend when I didn't even want to meet anyone. I was like off of online dating for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just watch this damn movie with my friends. And then my friend was like, yo, can I bring some girls? I'm like, dude, I don't fucking care. I just want to watch this movie. (laughs) Like, I really don't care. And then he brought, (laughs) he brought a bunch of friends and then, uh, one of them was gonna. One of them is my now girlfriend, and then you know we started talking. We hit it off. I got her number, and then the rest is history. But you know, it it's definitely a point where, and a really good example of me being like, okay, I'm gonna use online dating to find a girlfriend, and that's the whole point of doing doing online dating, anyways. Is you're not trying to find friends, even though your description says so. It's because you're trying to find that someone, you that know? connection, exactly. And I was trying to find it. And then after like a couple months of doing it, I was like, you know what? Screw this. Like, I'm not about this right now. Like this, everyone was shallow. I deleted all of my accounts. Uh, you know, I, I really got messages back and I was like, uh, this is stupid. And like a few days after I deleted all my stuff, I was talking to my friend about it before the movie. And then my other friend was like, yo, could we bring people over? I'm like, yo, I don't care. But then, yeah, like that day I was talking to my friend about how I got off of online dating and how it just wasn't working out. And he's trying to convince you to go back. And I was like, nah, I'm good. And then, you know, lo and behold, something really good happened. And through friends, I was just meeting a bunch of really good people. And one of those people turned out to be now someone really special to me. So I really agree with Elisa in that statement where when you don't look for it, it'll come to you. And kind of my advice to this would be just... Do what you always want to do. Do what you love doing. Maybe step out of your comfort zone a little bit and do something that you're not familiar with or maybe try something new that you you know, really are interested in but never had the time to and maybe you can make time now. Like maybe you want to go rock climbing. Maybe you want to go bouldering. Maybe you want to play golf or maybe you want to join a baseball league or you want to go to a city in your state or country that you'd never been to before but have always wanted to go. And chances are you might meet someone special or you might meet a friend, you know, you really don't know. Like, I can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, but I can say that doing something new outside of your comfort zone or just like accepting something, even when you don't expect it in a good way, is something that will happen to you if as long as you are not looking for it. And it's really hard to describe that because you you can't. If you want something, you just should just not do it. It's it's like the opposite of what you should be doing. It's like, well, I want it, so I'm going to go buy it. It's like, well, what if there's a sale? Then you can go buy it when it's cheaper. The funny thing is, what you got to try is try not trying hard, and it will all work out. <laughs> yeah, don't, and- don't be a try hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, to your point, like, when you're... Instead of actively trying to date, if you, for like, and using the rock climbing example, say you have an interest in rock climbing and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to meet some new people. Like, I'm going to meet some new friends and go rock climbing. You might stumble upon a person who fits your interest that is rock climbing at the same time. So it's just like a weird, it's like a weird thing. I've had more success in ran in randomness than I've ever had when I was actively trying to date someone. Yeah. And I think also and and this also just relates to when I was in college and the point I was in my life, but when I was seeking actively dating for someone, it was like I was trying to fill a void that I just really wanted. But then in the times when I wasn't looking for something, it was like I was very self-assured and satisfied with my life. So I found someone who liked that about me. 
and it just ended up work and like those situations would just work out in college so it's like it's so it's so weird how shit like that happens yeah it's that's absolutely right yeah so so my secret is that i wasn't trying (laughs) yeah as weird and as hard as that sounds like sometimes if you just don't try then it'll happen all right, Hooded Dude has a couple other questions. Do you want to answer the second one? Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you can ask ask the second one. <laughs> yes. Any of you ever use Tinder or similar and any stories? Well, I already answered this in the previous question, but yeah, I did try online dating. I didn't use Tinder specifically. Um, I used Coffee Meets Bagel, East Meets East. Um, what else is there? Okay, Cupid. Uh, Match. Bumble. Uh, never tried Bumble. Uh, what else was there? Um, maybe I did do Bumble. I don't remember, but I remember there were like a solid three or four that I was using, just to see what it was about. And I didn't like East meets East because you couldn't chat with people. You can only send one message to each other, and then you have to pay for it. I'm like, what the hell is the point then? <laughs> um, and then I deleted that, and then I was like stuck with like OK Cupid and uh, Coffee Meets Bagel, and I was like, okay, these two are gonna do it for me. And then I was just like scrolling down one of them, and then I saw a classmate from high school, and that was the point when I was like, fuck this, and then deleted my account that day <laughs> for both for both of them. And then what was like I- the what what was um what was the weirdest date you've been or like not weird not my might not be the best word but like what was like either the weirdest or the most awkward date that you were on from using an app i didn't get any dates from using these apps oh that, that's okay. the sad part and I, and then at the same time i was really cautious about that i was like this person really has to meet certain standards for me to go on a date with them because i wasn't about to just like hop on multiple dates I had a friend that did that after he broke up with his girlfriend of like five or six years. He like hopped onto Tinder and, and all the dating sites and he was just like going on dates left and right. And I was like, dude, you're just accepting people that you like. He really didn't care. Like he was just accepting a bunch of people. And I was like, this is weird and I'm not going to be like you. And um, yeah, so after <laughs> like um, like three months of trying those three apps, I was like, I'm done. And then, you know, back to the other story of me meeting my current girlfriend. So I mean, I, yeah, that was that was that's my story in a nutshell, basically. So I have never used any of the dating apps before, but the reason is because so there's two reasons to it. One, I had the same boyfriend in high school, and then two, in college, I was so connected through like different clubs, like such as my own major, and like and different um active clubs and my part and my part-time job i haven't used the app yet i mean but like whatever and i guess like the one thing is i wouldn't use an app like tinder i'd want to put more to my profile i feel like that's i feel like on a on a you know like on an app where you're only limited to certain number of sentences, it's like I I can't really even I can't even give you a real summary about my life. Right. Yeah. I feel like I need at least like ten sentences to give something adequate. I'd like you to know more than just some like like snarky remark. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I prefer so if I did online, I would prefer using an app that had surveys. I don't know which ones do, but I, Oh, I mean out. like the ones with the long form surveys like match.com. Oh, I see. Yeah. I will tell you a, like a blind date story that okay. turned really off. So, I was on a I was on a blind date with someone and um I met him through which club was it? I no, no, no. it was a it was an engineering related club. So I so I met him because we were lab partners 
But it wasn't through online. It wasn't through online, but I, I've never used an online app before, so I just wanted to share like a blind date story. Oh, okay. And I went on a date with him, and then like we always made this joke where we were just kind of like, yeah, like no one in this class is really like us, and then and so we ended up like going to get Thai food together, and everything was actually going really well. It was like everything was like super chill, and then I went to the bathroom, and I get a text from the from the guy that i'm going on a date with and at first i'm just like oh this is like i wonder what he texted me because like i'm about to piss right now (laughs) and then he sends me a he sends me a text and it's a text that's basically like okay this is gonna sound crazy but basically kind of like basically saying like oh you're going to the bathroom that's so hot but But he, the way that he worded it was in such a way where it was as if he was turned on that I was about to piss. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that was so, like, whether or not he was trolling, that was a really fucking weird thing to say to me. It is. Yeah. And I, because, and then I was just like, I thought you were sending me a meme. Like, and so this is like even weirder. So after that, I did not like af- like I had to have lab with him still. So, I had the labs with him, but then I did it but every time he wanted to go out just the two of us again, I always said I was busy. Oh. And I couldn't do it or like, you know, I I didn't have time and I couldn't do it cuz I was so thrown off by that text. Huda Dude's last question is maybe after maybe one or a few dates, you decided you're not interested at all, but the person keeps texting and seems interested. Should you tell him straight up you're not interested? Give an excuse like I'm too busy at the moment, slash I'm not ready, slash I need to focus on me, or just ghost him? Keep in mind you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or stuff to get awkward. So you kind of just explained this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I so I went with option number 2 where it's like I I'm sorry I like I'm a little bit too busy. That was also college me. So now what would you do? I uh, so I, and I'm I'm saying this cuz I I've, I've done this before. I'm I'm actually more blunt than I've ever was in my entire life. I'm you much more sell- yeah, I'm much more honest and I would actually tell them I'm not interested. Yeah, I was going to say like you would probably go be like, "Yo, straight up, I'm not feeling it." So Sorry. I I I had to tell I've told someone like, "Hey, like you know, I like I had like a good time hanging out, but I don't see us um get like, you know, I don't see anything romantic with this, but I'm fine with still being a friend if you want to be a friend." Back then when I first started online dating, I was kind of like, "Oh, I'm new to this. I'm still scared of what to say. What if it doesn't work out?" But now I'm like, okay, if I know it's not going to work out or if I feel like after a couple dates it's not going to work out, then I'll kind of straight up tell that person. I would want to tell them in person, though. I would not text this because I think that's just in poor taste. Um, I would actually set up a meeting with them and be like, hey, can we go grab coffee real quick? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. And I'll be like, "Um, I just want to let you know, I, I don't know where this is going, but I don't feel like it's working out on my end and I would like to hear your thoughts about that. And hopefully they can share their thoughts too. Now for me, if I had only been on a few dates with someone, I probably wouldn't tell them in person that I wasn't interested. I'd maybe give them a call, but I would, but I wouldn't ask them to see me unless I had unless we were actually boyfriend and girlfriend, I think. Yeah. But if I was just dating someone, I don't think I would I don't think I would tell them in person that I'm not interested anymore, especially if it's only been like 3 dates or something. But that's how but I but I think part of that is I just feel like there was never even a like that much of a connection that 
would would like warrant me to tell the person in person that I wasn't interested anymore. That's that's fair. Definitely college me was number was number two where I kind of like beat around the bush and give an excuse. But now I'm now I'm more honest. And I think also hooded dude, I, I don't know how old you are, but if you if you are like a young adult or like or like if you have a career right now, I would be honest because I wouldn't now I'm I feel more conscious. I wouldn't want to waste the other person's time. I think that's really important too and it kind of shows maturity. I I I'm I'm very anti-ghosting someone. Yeah, I'm really that's just not in my nature as well. Yeah. I just feel like something should be said as opposed to nothing because in big corporate environments I've experienced where ghosting just solves nothing because you don't hear anything and it's like, did this get done? Yes or no? Like, and if they say nothing, then it's like, what the fuck? Then I guess I'll take that as a yes. Yeah, exactly. Silence means yes. In my line of work, silence means yes. (laughs) And then the last question we have is from Rokuro, Rokuro Rangetsu. And his question is, one of the hardest situations a couple go through a-, a couple will go through is the silent treatment. I get this a lot. One person is silent when something wrong when something is wrong and wants the other person to comfort them. They say I'm fine when they're not and get mad if person doesn't help them. But how can you help if you don't know what's wrong? What is the answer to this mysterious question? Oh, man. So this is really going to come from both a male and female perspective. Um, Alisa, I would like you to answer this first. (laughs) All right. So in general, I'm a pretty honest and straightforward person. So I usually will tell this tell my significant other if i'm annoyed by something to give an example like i like i if someone for like forgot to turn off the lights then i would say like hey like you know turn off the lights you're wasting electricity or like some like something of that degree or just like hey like you need to do the laundry or just like things like that i will i will be pretty honest about i tend to so these are the times where i tend to be quiet i tend to be quiet when you have visibly and audibly like made fun of me in some way and you the fact that you didn't figure out like that was a fucked up thing to say really irks me that i don't even like want to tell you on like at that moment so like like just to give an example of something that happened in college um i was with um a person i was dating at the time and that person basically made a comment about about the size of my body and he said it in such a joking way to his friends it obviously wasn't funny and I was pretty offended. And I didn't tell him straight up that I was pissed. But at the same time, I felt like that in particular was such a significant moment that he should have figured it out at that time. And if I were to tell him, I was going to tell him after I gave him, like after a few hours of giving him the silent treatment. And if he didn't figure it out, then it's just like, wow, this guy is really an idiot. And the truth is, is the guy really was an idiot. So, <laughs> and like, and like, it's kind of like, okay. And this is just like the perspective that, and then like, obviously those moments have led to a lot of conflict, but I needed to make a point. This is all based on what 
where you are and what was done in both from both parties because it could be you that's giving the silent treatment or it could be someone that's giving you the silent treatment other way um i think that whoever is giving you the silent treatment realized something was wrong or something that that, uh, to your point before something that they that you said or someone said was offensive and then they just don't want to talk about it because it's not comfortable for them to talk about it at that time. Maybe you didn't say it. Maybe someone else said like, Oh, you, you know, I hate you or something, anything that was really offensive to them. And they don't want to talk about it because they're not in a good mood and they just don't want to say anything. Or maybe it was you that said something to them that as, as a joke, uh, back to your previous story, Elisa, but I think it's up to that person that said something wrong or at least in that other person's eyes was wrong to kind of realize what they said and apologize for it. It's so, so easy. You, yeah. So you actually bring up a very good point. If someone, if your significant other is giving you a silent treatment and you're out in public, I think you should accept that. I think there's a re like, because clearly like they may be bottling up, but they're doing it on purpose because you two are out in those situations you can last long enough to like get in a car and go home to really hash it out so i think it's almost sometimes a common courtesy if you're at a mall and some like some annoyance happened and they're not saying it on purpose because like they would rather be quiet than argue with you at the mall in public and i think that's fair yeah. I think that if you're getting the silent treatment at home, I think that you did like there is something more deep seated that you have to, like you got to figure that out because they're giving you the silent treatment when in like a rest place where there, there's privacy. So clearly some shit had happened. Yeah. And that's a lot better than having it blown up at the mall because I've seen people yell at each other at the mall and I'm like, yo, this is not good when i've received the silent treatment i've i don't know i don't know how long it takes for you whenever you receive silent treatment jeremy but usually i can figure it out in 15 minutes what i think the person is annoyed by Mm. you know a person so well so you know when a person's happy or when they're tired or you know whatever but when they're acting apathetically then it's like okay something's up i'm what did i just like what what have i been doing in like the last like 15 or 20 minutes that is probably like another perspective of the question is that when it comes to silent treatments of things that have been reoccurring and it finally blew up after like more than like a few months it's hard because it's one of those things where like I didn't realize this habitual thing that I'd been doing for so long was pissing you off for an entire year. Right, right. You know, if you were annoyed the first time, you could, you know, with like when those situations happen, I actually feel more annoyed because my first feeling instead of apologizing is Wow, so you're saying that we could have solved this 11 months ago? <laughs> and I think that if that person was saving it to tell you at home, there's a lot of respect that is given to you from that person. It means that they really care about you. They really want you to understand that they were uncomfortable, but they were saving it for a time when you could just talk the two of you. I think if you wait more than three or four months to address it. I I do think that there's responsibility now in the person who held it for so long. Unless there was really an incident or there really wasn't a right time where you can talk to the other person. But I find that hard to believe if it's lasted for that long. I think if something offended you or if something... It, like, if something... If there's something wrong between the two of you, you should both bring it up either that day when there's a good moment or the next day. 
Yeah, eat like Do it the quickly. next day is a really good one. Holding a grudge is not good. At yes, all. agreed. Honestly, on like holding a grudge for anyone for anything, I think that's one of the most childish and stupidest things you could ever do because it's like you have all these feelings built up inside of you and you can't release them and it's all anger and anger just leads to nothing you know it just oh man just just resolve it you know if it's a friend do it over text if you don't feel comfortable talking to them in person yeah. and that's fine but if it's a significant other or a family member i really think talking to them in person is the best course of action and and immediately as soon as you can because I- you know, there's no point in holding on to it. What's the point? In in any moment where I've given the silent treatment, it was because in that moment I was really heated. But I personally believe that people hold it out sometimes so that they can sleep it off and so they can think more rationally, which goes to the point of like they didn't want to blow it up in public and they really, really wanted to like have it die down before addressing it professionally yeah but i i agree yeah but i think that if you like holding it out for so long is really a pain in the ass and in those cases i bet like majority of grudges can be solved in 30 minutes if you actually talked about it somewhat immediately after it happened yeah (laughs) but totally but but I've seen a lot of huge couple issues happen and occur because they waited so long and it blew up completely because they waited so long to solve it. Yeah. And see, at that point, you or that person is only thinking about the bad things and they're just stacking it up on a list. And when it finally blows up, it's going to blow up bad because that person has a bunch of ammo and they're going to unload all of it on you. Yeah, they were waiting for the tipping point. Yeah. But I think it's unfair to the receiver if they never knew what the tipping or like, you know. Yeah. You know, and kind of on a closing note for this, I just want to say for you, Rokoro Rangetsu, um, hopefully this is good advice. And Alisa, maybe you can chime in. If you don't know what you did wrong, let's say not everyone can get what they did wrong in 15 minutes or more. Um, but, or I'm sorry, 15 minutes or less, but if you don't know what your SO is doing wrong, or let's say you don't know what you did wrong to offend your SO, don't be afraid to ask her like maybe the next day. If you, you know, if something happens day one, day two, don't be afraid to ask, be like, Hey, it's clearly something I did offended you or clearly something I said offended you or made you feel this way. Can we just talk about what's wrong? Maybe we can you know, hash it out, you know, because like, if you don't know, then you don't know. And there's no problem with not knowing what you did wrong, but understanding what you did wrong and correcting it later or understanding what you did wrong and preventing yourself from doing it in the future is, I think, a better option than just like knowing what you did wrong and, you know, I'm sorry. I think it's a better option than not knowing what you did wrong and then just living with that. 24-hour rule is a good rule for silent treatment because usually that's a good amount of time for that person to settle. Yeah, and, just to cool off. Yeah. yeah, clear their head, maybe like do something that you're not there for. Like Maybe just not seeing that other person too is a good thing, but if you live together, then that's kind of hard. Um, You know, the whole sleep on the couch stereotype but honestly like resolving it as soon as you can is definitely a better option than just leaving it yes so yeah again solve it asap but if you don't know what's wrong don't be afraid to ask because you know it's not everyone's gonna understand what they what they said was wrong because maybe maybe that guy in college elisa was just trying to be funny for his friends in front of you but he didn't know it would offend you. But obviously it would offend you because that's a stupid thing to say in front of your girlfriend. So, you know, I I can't understand the nerve on some people. Anyways, yeah, that I hope that answers your question, Rokoro Rangetsu. So shout out to PJ, Hooded Dude, and Rokoro Rangetsu for submitting your questions slash comments. That was super awesome to answer. And I hope that you, when you guys listen to this, you'll be enlightened. And if anyone else is listening to this, 
I hope that you guys enjoy this episode of SideQuest because Elisa and I, we really didn't prep for this. We just read the questions and we're like, okay, we're going to answer these when we see them. Yeah. And if you have any other relationship questions for maybe a part two or you have other side quest topics that you want us to talk about, anything that's non-video game related, shoot us those questions on the Discord, which you can find at www.downtime.live. You can also email us at contact at downtime.live. And on any streaming platform, you can just post a comment and we will see it. I hope you guys like this episode of SideQuest. It was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, and I think that relationships are hard. They're just, they're, they're like, no, no relationship's perfect. But it is, per- what makes it perfect is just two people working together. Yeah, those are good closing words. And to add on to that, I want to say that relationships are two, are a two-way street. Both parties have to put effort into it because if one party just puts all their effort into it, then that person is going to get tired of that relationship and you don't have a relationship anymore. You just have nothing. One per- yeah, you're just... It's like being in love with a wall. Like that wall's not going to love you back. You're you're just going to be like stuck there yep. doing nothing. Yep. So and I know sh- and I know this because this was my issue for a while. So Yeah, I I feel it. And we've all been there and you learned from that experience, Elisa, and you're in a yes. better place now. Definitely. So, yeah, no. I I learned a lot from this podcast and I hope you guys did too.